Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. This morning, I want to talk to you about a subject that you're going to fall in love with. It's about changing your life. Nobody got excited about it. I, lo- I love the uh, theme of your present uh, sermon series, Rise Above. And uh, I, I really do believe that the, the, one of the outcomes of people who decide to rise above is that change takes place in their life. And um, that, that's what this whole thing is. When we decide to engage with God, um, that's all about change. We, we want we recognize that something needs to change in our lives, that we move from where we are to where uh, is going to be better. And, and that really is what God is up to, is transforming us. But it's not a matter of just making you a better version of you. God is really wanting to change you from the place of being under the penalty of death to being a place where you live, where you're alive. And so we've been translated, that that word is a really interesting word, we've been um, transformed in this regeneration process that really is all about change, and God is the agent of all that change. Um, This may be shocking to someone here this morning, I hope not. Uh, Do you have an emergency medical team if somebody has a heart attack after I say what I'm about to say? You aren't doing God a favor by being here. God did you a favor letting you come. He's the initiator of all this thing. Sometimes we get this warped notion that we've done God a favor. I'm going to show up at church or I'm going to call myself Christian. Listen, none of it happens except that he started the whole thing. He's the initiator of this change that that comes into our lives. Now, somewhere along the way, as we will see shortly, we get to participate with him. In, in the journey, but he's the initiator of change. How many of you are glad that God had an idea to change you? He really did. I, I, I just can't imagine what my life would be if there wasn't that change that, that started, and by the way, is continuing as, as I move on through time. So this morning, we're going to talk about stepping up to change, and It's probably important to to know that when you think about culture, sometimes we we get a little disconcerted when we look around us and we see how really bad our culture is. How many of you scratch your head at times and think, what is this world coming to? Well, we we have that kind of reaction. But I, I think that God isn't necessarily shocked at the ever-changing culture of this world. But I sometimes think he must be shocked at the never-changing condition of his people. The world's changing all the time. And, And that's not news to God. That's why he sent Jesus to provide the means of change. Because the world is going through all of its its 
machinations of what to do and how to get better, and, and none of it works. And so God says, I'm going to send Jesus who will provide the kind of change that people really really need and they want, they just don't realize they want it. And, and so he started that process, but I think sometimes when it comes to you and I as his people, the, the reluctance on our part to never really get change. Once we, once we get in, we bought our ticket to heaven. We say, we're in, you know. But, but that's only the beginning of what God wants to continue doing in our lives in, in the transformation, the change in our lives. Now, my proposition this morning is built around this, this idea of change and, and thinking, uh, rising above by changing how we think. You know, Henry Ford said something about thinking one time, and it's a famous quote. He said, thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probably why so few engage in it. Now, I, I don't know where you're going to be this morning over the next few minutes, but hopefully you will be doing some thinking that we, we can think together. And one of the things that's really important to, to grasp about your thinking is the understanding that your life, my life, moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Your life is going the direction of your strongest, most frequent thoughts. Now, you have to evaluate that for a minute because we will and think back, well, what am I thinking? And if, if it's true that my life is moving in that direction, then, then it's probably important to recognize the value that my thoughts would be biblical or, or God thoughts. Now, here's what God has to say about that. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. In other words, you think one way, God says, I think another way. And the last time I checked, God is not deciding to try to think like you and I do. Rather, he's invited us into a process of thinking the way he thinks. And that's not to say that we'll always understand everything there is about God. I honestly know we can't. I, in fact, just a little parenthesis here. I don't understand this, this whole mess of school shootings. I don't get that. Which, by the way, if you just are writing notes, write down the name John Elliott. John Elliott is a friend of mine. He pastors in Hitchcock, Texas, which is right next to Santa Fe. John has people in his congregation who lost a kid in the shooting this week. He is right in the middle of ministering to that, that chaos center. I don't understand all that. But I have you write his name down because as you look at it and you think about it, you can remember to pray for John Elliott and that God would keep using him to, to touch those, those families that are just undone by things that I can't understand. But God's not shocked by that at all. Say, well, if God is a God of love, why does that happen? Well, that's a whole other sermon, and I'm not going to go down that road. But here's the point. We have this ability 
when it comes to our thinking to do some adjusting along the way that's going to help make a difference. And I want to get to that shortly with you. If our life is moving in the same direction of our strongest thoughts, what does the Bible have to say about that? Well, we, we recognize that um, he invites us into a pattern of thinking that is more consistent with his way of thinking, biblical thinking. And, and I believe that when we engage in that, that helps us to rise above in, in how we live, how we do life, and that we, we're able to um, become more like Jesus along the way. If I were to provide for you a little pill, and this pill is called a make-me-like-Jesus pill, and if you take it, you will become more generous, more kind, more loving, more understanding, more thoughtful toward people. And I offer that pill to you this morning. How many of you are going to say, I'll take the pill? Of course. We want that kind of change. That's part of what motivates us. We want to become more like Jesus. And part of the process does involve decisions that you and I get to make. I, I don't have a pill, by the way. So don't check with me after service. I don't have the pill for you. But I do have some things that I believe that the Word of God will help us to wrap our heads around that will be important to becoming more like Jesus as we rise above whatever our present circumstance in life might be. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 if you have them for you and if with you, and if you don't, then on the screen, we can, we can read these verses of Scripture. Romans 8 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, or to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What that verse really is saying to us is that it is describing the statement that I already made, and that is that your life is moving in the same direction of your strongest thoughts. If you think according to the flesh, then your life is going to reflect the way of the flesh. If you think according to the Spirit, then your life is going to reflect the things of the Spirit. So we're, we're dealing with this idea of thought this morning. And if our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, let me ask you this question. Are you excited about the direction that your life is heading? I'll let that sink in just a minute. Your strongest thoughts are the direction your life is going. Are you excited about that direction? Or does your inner dialogue betray something that needs a little bit of attention? Inner dialogue. 
That's a nice way of saying you talk to yourself. I tell the person next to you, he's talking about you. We all talk to ourselves. We have this inner conversation going on all the time. And if we would stop long enough to listen to what we're saying to ourselves, it's going to be an indicator to some degree of what the direction of our thoughts are about. And that's going to help us see that our lives are going to end up that direction if we stay on that thought path. We, we keep going that direction. This, this idea of change really comes about because of something that God initiated for us. And, and it has to do with the transformation of our lives. Um, the, the biblical or the theological word for that is regeneration. It, it's, it's a life that experiences a total transformation. And, and that word is a word that we know in science, it's called metamorphosis. It's where the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. And all of that transformation what you have originally in that little caterpillar, when it's all said and done as the beautiful monarch butterfly, is a totally different creature. And when we have been regenerated, what happens is we are totally changed from what we were to now something that we are. And that transformation, Colossians says, that we have been translated. We've been moved from this position called death to this position called life. And that's not been through any effort of our own. It's totally God-initiated. He said, I see a whole lot of people that are under the penalty of death in their lives, and they can't get out of that on their own. They can't will themselves out of that. So I will provide a means by which they can be totally regenerated. That the essence of who they are in this condition is going to be totally changed to where they now, in essence, are totally someone else. They're called a living, breathing, spiritually alive individual when over here they were, listen, a living, breathing, dead and so God provides this wonderful trip of transformation. And Ezekiel says it in a very interesting way. Ezekiel describes the work of God. He says, look, you are people who I will give you one heart, and that one heart within you, there's a new spirit that's going to happen, and you've got a hard heart of stone, but I'm going to replace that with a heart of flesh. In other words, you're going to get a total heart transplant when you invite God to start his process in your life. And, and so most of us in this room this morning have had that heart transplant. God has done something wonderful in each one of our lives. And that's called regeneration. That's all God work. But what happens along the way is we, we think that when it comes to changing our thoughts, that it has simply to do with deciding to be a positive thinker as opposed to a negative thinker. 
And that's not what we're talking about at all. Now, there, there's, there's some different... I'm, I'm, I love running into people that think positively. I mean, that's encouraging. But it, it isn't what God's talking about primarily. What he's saying is that we need to be people who, with these biblical thoughts, are moving in a direction that even though they're positive, that if we don't let them be positive in the things that God is saying to our lives, if they're just positive thoughts on their own, then they're going to end up destructive at the end of the day because they're positive in me. But my thoughts are to be wrapped in God. That's why they're biblical thoughts. I think God thoughts. So, well, how do I know what God's thinking? Well, he's, he's giving you a little bit of a clue right here. If, if you want to know what God's thinking, see what he says. And what he says is going to give you an insight into what he's thinking. And so then as you go down that road, then these biblical thoughts begin to weave their way into thoughts that we have about how to do life, how to get along with our family, our neighbors. But if all we do is think positively, then somewhere the positive begins to drain out and a little selfishness gets in there and a little self-centeredness. I'm thinking positive thoughts about what I can do so that I can succeed and I can be the top of the heap above everyone else. Well, that's not God thought. That's just a positive thought that the end of the outcome of that is that somebody else is lower than I am. I'm better than they are. It's selfish. That can become toxic to myself or to other people. So that gets all screwed up if all I do is think about being a positive thinker. I want to be a biblical thinker. Let me say it this way. Not all positive thoughts are biblical. But all biblical thoughts are positive. Because God is good. And when I'm thinking His thoughts, if I'm studying His ways, then, then I can be assured that the way I'm thinking is, is going to come in line with what His way and will is for my life. So if my thoughts are not biblical, even if they're positive, they're going to be potentially self-destructive and toxic to myself and other people around me, and I won't live a victorious life. I'll be, I'll be disappointed somewhere along the way. So with this work of God of regeneration, where he's changing us, how many of you would say you understand that God has started change in your life? Anybody you understand that? It, the work is underway. And, and, and it's continuing. He, he didn't just flip a switch and now you're suddenly fixed for the rest of your life. You're fixed for the rest of eternity. But you're not fixed for the rest of your life because he gets to work with you. He calls you into a partnership to work with him on your life. And so he starts the work, but then he says, I'll let you be a part of the process with me. And the process is called salvation and all of us are in that journey, and God is continuing to do his work in our lives. But then he says, I want you to be a part of that work. So Paul writes, and he says, here's what I want you to do. Because God has started changing you, 
you, you've begun this regeneration process, you can be a partner in this process by not doing something first and then doing something second. And here's what he says in Romans 12, verse number two. Here's what I want you not to do. In the process of partnering with God in transformation in life, don't be conformed to this world. That's what Paul says. Talking about your thinking. Don't don't let your thinking be governed by the schematic of this world. How many of you know what a schematic is? Okay, if if there's any engineers in the room or any uh, electricians or any contractors, I mean, schematics are all forms and shapes. And and they're drawings of of how something works. And here's a schematic. But it's, it's a schematic of the world. The world is filled with hate, filled with selfishness. The world is unloving. The world is dominated by evil. That's the way the world operates. And what Paul is saying in Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this schematic. That's the word in the original language is that we would not be conformed to the schematic of the world that we live in, but that we would be transformed. That's that word metamorphosis I talked about. That we would be in the, the transformation process by renewing our minds. Now, notice he didn't say that we would be changed by reviewing our minds. See, if I review my thoughts, all I'm doing is taking myself right back to what that thought was and getting involved in it again. If that thought was a bad thought or something happened bad that I was involved with, and I review it, it takes me all the way back to what I was doing and how bad that was. Paul says, that's not what I'm asking you to do. He said, I want you to renew your mind. Renew the thinking process. Now, over the years, I've done a lot of construction work. I've uh, had remodeling company because I, in some of my pastoral situations, I was bivocational. So I had work that I did on the side, and a lot of it was remodel work. And what I've discovered over the years, that somebody wants me to come in and remodel their kitchen. And I look at what their condition is, and I talk to them about what they want done differently. And the first thing I have to do is once I get an idea of what they want, I have to tear down what was in order to build back what is going to become. That, that's the idea of renewal. Paul says, I want you to participate in the regenerating work of God in your life, and here's what you get to do. God's doing the change. You and I don't change. God has started that process, but we get to participate in the change by renewing or tearing down our old thoughts and reconstructing new thoughts, a new way of thinking, then that plays into how we live that causes us to rise above where we were. So it's a a process 
of renewing the thoughts. And that's what Paul's talking about here. And he says, so I don't want you to be conformed to the schematic of this world, but I want you to be engaged in the transformation process by tearing down your old thoughts and building them back up new. So there are three steps that I see as a part of the process of how that happens. The first thing is I want you to learn how to feed your mind with the truth. There's a lot of things out there that are feeding the mind. There's things that are feeding our minds that we don't even invite, but they're feeding us. Sometimes we invite them, but it's happening all the time. But if you're going to renew your mind, then what I want you to do is recognize that there are some things that need to be reconstructed, so you're going to have to tear down those things. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And rebuild by feeding your mind with the truth. There is truth in this world. The world will tell you today that truth is really very relative, and it's your truth. But your truth may not be my truth. That's nonsense. There is an absolute truth in life. And, and feed your mind with that truth. Number two, focus your mind on the right things. And then finally, free your mind from destructive thinking. Those are three very simple steps that you can engage in, but it's a very complex involvement because it doesn't happen in one setting. It, it's involved all of the time as we are looking for a way of renewing our minds that Paul invites us to do. And so with that, we come to this idea of renewing our thoughts by tearing down a way of thinking and building back a new way of thinking. Let me illustrate it this way. This is hypothetical, okay? So nobody, don't, don't think this is true. But imagine that I have a neighbor who our property lines come next to one another and on my side of the property, I have this lovely tree that, that I, I keep trimmed every now and then, but it, it periodically might grow over the fence. And my neighbor decides that that tree is crossed over to his territory, so he's going to take and do to it what he wants to do so that it doesn't come over on his property line. So he whacks away my, my tree. Now, he has fallen into a category in my mind that is, it's this very popular word. It's called, he is a jerk. And so I'm thinking about my neighbor. I've had conversations with him. I've talked to him. I said, look, um, Jake, not jerk. Look, Jake, I want, I want you to know that I'm aware that this tree is close to our property line, but it really is an important tree to me. I want to keep it maintained, and I, I'm going to do my job and make sure that happens. But would you please refrain from doing what you think it needs to have done to it because I'm going to take care of it, and, and I value that we've got a relationship here as neighbors. And so would you be a Jake and not a jerk and, 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 and leave my tree alone? And we've had this conversation, but over the years, as the tree gets bigger and grows more, he does a little bit more of his jerk work. 
And he, and he cuts and he cuts and he, and he prunes and he does. And, and, and so I've got this way of thinking about my neighbor. And, and so every time I think about him, I think that jerk, he just, he just. That is a way of thinking that is not enhancing my growing to be more like Jesus. It's a way of thinking that really flies in the face of the kind of person that Christ is making me to be. And so I need to renew my thinking in order to participate in the transformation process that God started in my life. So I have to change my way of thinking. I have to tear down that way of thinking and where I think of my neighbor as a jerk, that no longer is a legitimate thought for me, so I've got to tear it down and rebuild it with a thought that goes something like this. My neighbor is somebody that Jesus died for. Instead of being a jerk, he's somebody that Jesus died for. Instead of being somebody who frustrates the daylights out of me, he becomes an opportunity for me to pray for. And so you can see that I've got this, this dilemma. What do I do with it? Am I going to tear down that thought and renew it with a different thought that will become then the possibility and the pathway for him to respond to Jesus? Or will he just be a jerk forever? And I get to play decision in that. Paul says, I want you to not be conformed to the schematic of the world, but I want you to be transformed by renewing your mind, tear down that thought, and rebuild it with a new thought. And then he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians that this battle of the thoughts that we all have, remember your inner dialogue? Some of you got stuck there when I introduced that concept. You're still thinking about thoughts you've had. Paul says, I want you to know that this battle of the thinking that you have, that you cannot fight it on fleshly terms, but that you and I have been provided spiritual weapons that are mighty through God, notice what he says, to the pulling down of strongholds, ways of thinking that are keeping us locked up. The way of thinking about my neighbor is I've been thinking that he's a jerk for years and he is totally unconnected from that. And what's been happening is I'm bound up in my thinking about him and it's keeping me from being what God wants me to be. And he's just being who he is. But because I've got this thought, Paul says that is a stronghold. Akuroma is the word that is describing what in ancient times was a fortress. And fortresses were built with these really high walls and really thick walls, and they were designed to keep the enemy out. If you've ever been to Europe and you've seen these castles with these mighty walls around them, that was a Akuroma, it's a, a fortress. And when New Testament times came around then, then the word for this fortress became the word for prison. Because in biblical times, prisons were often built inside of the fortress. 
And so the prisoners were held inside these mighty fortresses that were built originally to keep the enemy out. But with the prison, it was designed to keep somebody in. And so Paul says that this, this akuroma, the word for fortress, then naturally became the word for prison because the prisoners were, prisons were built inside. So he says, I want you to tear down in your thinking the, the akuroma, the prison that locks you up in your mind. That we're sometimes, I think it was Franklin Delano Roosevelt who said that we're prisoners of our own mind. That we're locked up. We can't get free of the way we're thinking. And Paul says, I want you to know that you have spiritual weapons to pull down, destroy that stronghold, and the way that we do that is that we grab a thought, we capture a thought, and we make it obedient to Jesus. Now back to my illustration. My thought is that my neighbor is a jerk. That's a thought that is keeping me locked up and restricted from being all that God wants me to be to my neighbor. And so as the Holy Spirit begins to reveal that to me, as I look at my inner dialogue and I review and I think about that, and he says, oh, you need to renew that one. So I take that thought about my neighbor and I capture it and I say, no, that is not the way I'm going to think about Jake any longer. Jake is no longer the jerk because I'm going to think about him as somebody that Jesus died for, and I'm going to bring that thought that I had about him and make it captured and bring it under the obedience of Jesus Christ who said, I died for Jake. And I want that to be the way you think about him. And as you begin to think about Jake, instead of cursing him under your breath, I want you to pray for him. I want you to begin to review what his life might be like if I transform it. And let your thinking then be something that rather than restricting you now because you were bound up in that stronghold of thought, you have captured that, you've made it obedient to Jesus, and now Jesus is able to release because of the thinking tra uh, transformation that you've taken and made, he's able to make you an instrument it's a part of the regeneration plan, not only for your life, but the life of people around you, i.e., Jake, your neighbor, who's no longer the jerk. But he's somebody that Jesus died for. Now, LFC, I want to tell you, I said it earlier, you've got a wonderful reputation. You are doing this right and left. What Pastor Bernie was showing at the beginning of the, of the service, of all those things, those outreaches, those things that you're doing, you're serving, you're loving people. Keep up the good work. It's marvelous. You've got decades of history. Some of you are here today because of that history that was activated in your interest. Some of you are here today because you found out that there's a place that you could find people who love you and who will serve you. And then they brought you into that process. And you experienced the regeneration. And now you get to decide, 
because Paul says, as you're being regenerated, here's what you get to do. Renew your thinking. Tear down the old thoughts. Build up the new ones. And be a part of the solution rather than a part of the problem. And that's what you're doing, and I commend you for that. It's a good work. Some of you are going to go out of here and think about this. You're going to think, well, i got to change. I'm thinking about my, my life, my wife, my family, my neighbors. And the men that were with me yesterday, you get to hear a second dose of this. Some of you are going to get to go out of here and think, I need to change how I... I'm thinking about serving the children in my church because I've never thought that I would do that. And I'll tell you, the children, if there's anybody worth serving, it's the kids of your church. They need you. They want you. I took a little journey over there during the service a few minutes ago. They're alive, bright-eyed, and they look at the big people and they're making decisions about life based on what they see in the big people. And you're a big person, and you're making decisions about your life. Could I invite you to make a decision that might include the Holy Spirit saying, you need to change the way you think about how whether you would serve the children or not. Because Lompoc needs children 15 years from now that value how to live. And investing in them right now is what's going to make the difference. And so, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to us, for helping us to understand that all of this is only possible because of what you've done, how you have started the work in us. And we can have this confidence leaving today that because you started a work, you also said you will complete it. You won't leave us half-baked or undone, but that you will complete the work in our lives, which for some of us here this morning might include areas of serving in ways that we never thought possible, but we're willing to change the way we think in order to be more like you and rise above in all that we are and all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.